0: Welcome to Columbus Perspective, a weekly public affairs presentation of the fan. I'm Dave James. Sports betting is now legal in Ohio. In a moment, I'll talk with the head of the Problem Gambling Network of Ohio. Courtesy of our sister station, WBNS 10 TV, Tracy Townsend takes a look back at some of the big news from 2022. And political analysts look ahead to what will be top priorities for the state legislature this year. And Tracy will have a segment about sports betting, including how the bars, casinos and this radio station are addressing it. And we'll wrap up the hour with a portion of a news conference from a bill signing this week. Governor Mike DeWine signed a bill that makes distracted driving a primary offense. That means police can pull you over for texting while driving. We'll include comments from the governor, 10TV sports anchor Dom Tiberi, whose daughter was killed in a distracted driving accident nine years ago, and Highway Patrol Superintendent Colonel Charles Jones. First up on Columbus Perspective on the phone with me, Derek Longmire, who is the executive director of the Problem Gambling Network of Ohio. How are you? I'm
1: well, thanks. How about yourself?
0: Good. Thanks for talking to us. Uh, What is the Problem Gambling Network of Ohio?
1: We are a statewide nonprofit organization that's dedicated to building a network of support for those impacted by gambling. And we do that through collaboration, education, and research. We as an organization are not for or against gambling. We just want to make sure that gambling help is available to those who need it. And we advocate when we look at expanded gambling in the state to make sure that those consumer protections are built into into that legislation.
0: Are you a state agency or state funded or how does that work?
1: Uh, The majority of our funding comes through the Ohio Department of Mental Health and Addiction Services, uh, but we are a standalone nonprofit.
0: Okay. And so when I say to you sports betting has begun in Ohio, what pops into your head when I say that?
1: Wow. Um, as we look at sports betting, it's something that we certainly knew was coming. We've seen the majority of states in the nation now pass sports betting. Um, the wow reaction that I get is just the the depth and breadth of sports betting that's coming to Ohio. This is the largest expansion of gambling Ohio has ever seen. And this is the largest single day introduction to sports betting any state has ever done. So this is a whole lot of sports betting all at one time. and that can make consumers really confused and uh, lead to problems down the road.
0: And because it's sports, you know, it's kind of like a new form of candy, but also it's uh, now available on your phone.
1: And that is a whole new element of gambling that we just have never seen before in the state. So not only can you do your sports betting at the casinos and racinos, there will be opportunities to sports bet at your um, area Um, professional sporting leagues um, and stadiums, and then also, as you mentioned, the mobile element. So now, 24-7, you have up to 20-plus different sports betting sites that you'll be able to download and engage with at any moment throughout the day or the night.
0: And I guess uh, once it's completely up and running, there's going to be something like 1,500 kiosks at bars and bowling alleys and grocery stores all over the state, right?
1: Yes, in addition to the... Um, Brick-and-mortars at the, um, the casinos, racinos, and professional sports leagues, and the mobile sports betting. Then the third element is also kiosks that will be available at bars, restaurants, bowling alleys, and even your local grocery stores. So it looks like for some of those, the, the rollout of that didn't hit the universal start date of January 1st. Uh, but expect, especially for the grocery stores, it looks like with Giant Eagle and Kroger that it's going to be coming sometime this spring.
0: Is there a particular type of person that you're most concerned about?
1: Well, we know based on our um, statewide gambling surveys that those who tend to be most at risk for developing a gambling problem are individuals that are 18 to 25 years old. And as we look at those who also tend to bet on sports, they also hit that demographic. So we're really worried for two reasons, Uh, one being just uh, they're already at risk for all forms of gambling uh, but then for whatever reason specific to sports betting, that risk tends to be higher. So in the most recent survey that we conducted, for all forms of gambling, Ohioans, about one in 10 Ohioans were at risk for developing a gambling problem. As we look at sports betting, that went from about one in four, uh, to, or I'm sorry, about from one in 10 to about one in four. So about 10% to 25%, which is up there with casino-style gambling being slot machines in the video lottery terminals.
0: And for folks who maybe are not big on casinos and, you know, being around a lot of people and a lot of noise and lights and bells and all that, but who maybe play the lottery, this is, you know, a little bit more laid back, perhaps like that. But this also has uh, an element of a know-it-all element to it, like, I I can win this. I I know who's going to win this football game coming up this weekend, so I'd be stupid not to place a bet. I mean, does that sort of mentality work its way into this?
1: absolutely it does and uh, we are a very sports oriented state and i went to ohio state and love those buckeyes and we know that our team's going to win and we saw that even though we know our team's going to win sometimes they don't (laughs) and that can really skew our our beliefs and opinions of how things are going to work out which may lead to losing a lot of money
0: talking with derek longmire he's the executive director of the problem gambling network of ohio Women are big uh, sports fans these days, too. Uh, are they uh, prone to this? Are you concerned about that?
1: We look at um, providing resources and support equally to men and women. In fact, in our statewide survey, uh, it showed that men and women were about equally at risk for developing a gambling problem. However, specific to sports betting, it tends to scale to skew more male than female, but certainly an area of concern.
0: So as this ramps up, what should uh, folks who might be concerned about a loved one or a family member getting too deep into this, what, what should they be looking for?
1: The the first step is really just be good, good listeners. Uh, When we look at gambling and problematic gambling, we call it the silent addiction because it's one that can really fly under the radar for a really long time. We as a culture and society don't like to talk about money. So there's ways to kind of hide that until it's too late. Uh, So first just being mindful of that. And if, as you're doing that listening and if people are talking about seemingly being preoccupied with gambling or that's the only one, only topic they want to talk about, then that can be warning signs too. Uh, for individuals, um, also just being mindful of setting limits. As I mentioned at the start, we at Prom Gambling Network of Ohio, we're not opposed to gambling. We just want to make sure that those who gamble are doing so in a way that's as low risk as possible. And that really starts with setting limits and setting limits in terms of the amount of dollars you're going to spend Uh, So really focusing on those entertainment dollars that you can afford to lose, as well as your time limit, because we know even if you have seemingly unlimited dollars, um, that time element's important as well, because if you're spending all your time gambling, then that's going to be less time that you're going to be spending with your friends, family, and with your um, work or other responsibilities that you have.
0: Unfortunately, there's a high-profile former Buckeye who got so mired into gambling addiction that uh, it wrecked his life, spent time in prison, has been in and out of prison. Those are, I guess, uh, extreme cases, but inevitably what you're worried about could happen to folks,
1: right? Well, these are extreme cases in the fact that he was high-profile, but that type of situation happens all the time. It's not going to be your pro football player, it's going to be your cashier that's uh, checking you out at Kroger, or it's going to be um, your your sister who works at the bank. So these high-profile things come up as ho- high-profile just because of notoriety. Um, but gambling problems persist for all communities everywhere, and it's really important to recognize what some of those risks are and also know that help and hope are available.
0: And I believe that those who are mired in a gambling addiction are at a higher risk than some of the other addictions for suicide. Is that right?
1: Yes. So uh, unfortunately, disordered gambling has the highest link to suicide than any other addiction. And a lot of that just goes back to the, the secrecy element that I can hide it for a really long time. And I'm at a point where I'm going to lose my, my place where I'm staying. My car is going to be gone. I may have cashed out whatever uh, retirement funds that I have. There may be nothing left financially. So then that may look like there's no hope available. And unfortunately, um, suicide seems to be, uh, for some, the the path that they take. And that's where it's so important to recognize that resources are available in Ohio, wherever you're at with the state. If you can't afford them, free resources are available as well. And the first step is really just calling the Ohio Problem Gambling Helpline. And that number is 800-589-9966. Specialists are available day and night to help provide resources and support, and hopefully an element of hope as well, to um, really let people know that they're cared about, they're valuable, and that there is another side to the challenges that they're seeing.
0: Talking with Derek Longmire, the executive director of the Problem Gambling Network of Ohio. So if somebody calls that line, and if the first thing they say is, "My, my life is going down the tubes, I am unbelievably in debt, Uh, my family has either found out about it or about to find out about it. I'm at my wit's end. What do I do? What happens from there?
1: So it really depends on the the area and and version of the call. So uh, individual calls the Ohio Problem Gambling Helpline. The specialists uh, receive that call. And one of the first things that they do is that lethality assessment because we know how important it is to first take care of your, your mental health crisis. So if gambling is leading to your suicidal ideations, then we want to make sure that First, you get in a safe space. Uh, so they do that lethality assessment. Uh, once they determine that the individual uh, is not suicidal, then really working through resources that are available, some of those resources might be related to finances. Others might be related to be family dynamics. In fact, those are the two reasons that people use, the, that they call the helpline. Every month we get uh, reports from the Ohio Problem Gambling Helpline, and every single month the two primary reasons that people call Is because of financial issues and because of family problems. So recognize that this just isn't a problem that happens that individual, uh, but there's um, kind of that ripple effect that impacts that family and their larger community.
0: So eventually, are they hooked up with uh, a facility or therapy, counseling, or what?
1: Yeah, if that's what they're looking for. So that's another important aspect as we're looking at the help that's available through the Ohio Problem Gambling Helpline and those resources. Counseling can be one element of that. It could also be um, self-help groups that so like Gamblers Anonymous. So it really depends on what that individual is looking for, what they're ready for, and what what think, what think they think would be the right path for them. So there are many elements that can kind of fit into a journey for recovery. Certainly counseling is one that we recommend, and we have um, treatment sites across the state that can provide that help. Um, if they're, that individual is calling Monday through Friday during normal business hours, then they can be linked with that local treatment provider right then through a warm transfer. If they're calling during those off-hours times, then we have counselors on staff here that can kind of help um, triage the situation and go through a little bit more detail about what resources are available to really make sure that they're in a good place until that counseling center can open that next day or on that Monday if it's a weekend. The final element then is those self-help health groups and making those connections with Gamblers Anonymous. and and start getting in a group and and finding a a community of others that are experiencing similar challenges.
0: And from what I understand, if there is uh, further treatment needed that the profits from gambling, some of that is set aside to actually pay that for these folks, right?
1: Yes. 2% of casino tax revenue, one half percent from the video lottery terminal revenue and 2% for um, sports gaming revenue all get um, dedicated to a fund to provide prevention and treatment resources to Ohio, which is very unique. Um, other states are much less funded and supported than we are, and that's why we're referred to as the Ohio model, or what other Ohio or what other states should do in order to create an infrastructure of support uh, for those who need it within their state.
0: That's outstanding, Derek Longmire. Joining us, he's the executive director of the Problem Gambling Network of Ohio. You also have uh, a quiz online or a survey that folks can take to to determine their level of, uh, of addiction, correct?
1: We do, and that fits into our Pause Before You Play campaign because we want to make sure that, especially with all the advertising and all the messaging that we're seeing right now, it can be a little overwhelming. So the first step is just to pause before you play. And there's resources available at pausebeforeyouplay.org, and they can go check that out. Um, make sure you have a game plan kind of going into what your sports betting is going to look like as well as the quiz that's there. So you can really assess your relationship with gambling because we know that it can be one of those things where it starts out being fun and then maybe a little less fun. So the quiz is just an easy 10 question way uh, to get a sense as to where you are. And depending on uh, what what you answer, then different resources and, and suggestions are provided.
0: Ohio is getting into this a little bit later than some of the other states. Uh, Indiana, for example, has been doing it for a couple of years now, I think, with the online uh, mobile betting. Is that helpful in, in the way that the state approaches this or what to expect?
1: It was certainly helpful learning from other states and how we were able to know what to ask for and what to expect. And because of that, we have a couple unique things that are here in Ohio that are included in most, most legislation within other states. One of those elements is being data collection. So in Ohio, Ohio colleges and universities have the opportunity to analyze sports betting data. Now it's all anonymized, so we don't know that individual's name, uh, but they get the general demographic information to do a lot of that research. Another big element that's different from Ohio is that in Ohio it is prohibited for sports betting companies to advertise on college or university campuses. And I'm not aware of any other state in the nation that has that. So those are two important elements that we saw critical to including to have a really good sense as to what the impact of gambling is going to be and being able to measure that as well as making sure that sports betting is really only dedicated towards of age markets and are not using underage people as a a breeding ground to have problematic gamblers down the road.
0: What's your thought about casual sports betting? Is there anything wrong with that?
1: We know that the majority of Ohioans who gamble on sports are not going to have a problem. And we say, if that's your way to spend your entertainment dollars, then please spend your entertainment dollars that way. Uh, we certainly don't have any issue with that. Well, we just want to make sure that uh, Ohioans know the difference between kind of that casual betting of, I'm going out with my friends, or I'm watching the game, and I'm going to put $10 on on the, the Buckeyes to win, um, looks very differently than I'm going to consider myself a professional gambler and, um, because I've been following sports for so long, or I just know my team's going to win because I've got that feeling in my gut, so I spend all my rent money on it. So they're just being really mindful of um, setting those limits, sticking to those limits, as well as recognizing those risks. So if you start losing, um, not spending more money to, to kind of get back those losses, so that's called chasing. So um, just being really mindful of what that impact can be. And odds are you're going to lose, but it's the the fun and excitement that comes into that when you win. Uh, this should be the focus, not the, the intent or hope to make money.
0: That really is the mindset people should take is that these bets would not be offered to anybody if the people behind them were not winning most of the time.
1: That's what I like to say with the casinos and racinos. They, beautiful buildings are not ba- um, built on winners. And they're built on those who who lost. And that's just the reality of the game. And hopefully while you're there, you're having a good time. And I look at it similarly to watching a movie. You can spend your $15 or whatever to go into a movie. And you might see an awesome movie and think that's a really great investment of those $15. Or you see a terrible movie and you're like, well, I just wasted that $15. So just really keeping it within that entertainment mind frame, then that's really the, the best approach when we're, we're looking at gambling.
0: It's a good way to look at it. What about folks who got caught up in the opioid crisis? Are they more prone to this sort of addiction?
1: Uh, There is a lot of correlation between substance use and mental health disorders and gambling. And that's why it's so critical to really treat the whole person as they're looking at not just addressing that opiate use disorder or um, that mental health disorder, but really looking at the whole person and those core issues, because it can be really challenging to just focus on that one and that's where gambling might pop up. Or if we're focusing on gambling, then compulsive shopping might pop up. So um, that's really part of a comprehensive treatment plan that's so important and why it's also important to have individuals that are providing treatment services that are qualified to treat gambling because there are nuances related to gambling that are different than substance use disorder and, and mental health disorders. So that's where that additional specificity is necessary.
0: If somebody runs into a problem with this sports betting early on, and if they get help early on, is the chance that they will be able to recover from that and turn away from it better than if they do it for, you know, two years or five years or however long before they stop?
1: It goes back to that old adage of a stitch in time saves nine. So the earlier we can start getting people help, uh, really starting really with the, the very first element of pause before you play and getting set before you begin to play, uh, so the earliest we can start an intervention and get people the help and resources that they need at the level of readiness and need that they have, the better off they're going to be long term. And so it's really critical to, to recognize that, that it's never too late to ask for help and it's never too early to help, ask for help either. And that's where we work closely with our casino and racino partners, because when people come to our door, that means that there's a lot of gambling that's been happening potentially um, and a lot of doors or opportunities for them to have gotten help where they haven't. So we work closely with our casino and racino partners. So they can really act as those first responders for folks who are having problems. And then they can provide those link to resources to our local treatment centers throughout the state, because that's, that's where they can have those interactions, relationships. Those, they know those patrons far better than we do. And can help just direct them to resources more quickly than if they have to kind of go it alone and find us when they're really in trouble.
0: Talking with Derek Longmire, the executive director of the Problem Gambling Network of Ohio. Anything else you'd like to add?
1: Well, as we mentioned before, always um, pausebeforeyouplay.org is the best place to go as you're getting ready for sports betting. And then finally, if you gamble, get set before you bet uh, is kind of the the larger campaign from that. And then the Ohio Problem Gambling Helpline. 800-589-9966, monitored 24-7, 365, 365. and we also have gamblinghelpohio.org where you can go to find local treatment resources for you. So a lot of great information in Ohio and know that if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, people care, hope is available, help is available, reach out now, we want to see you.
0: Derek, thanks so much for the information and your time today, sure appreciate it. My pleasure. This is Columbus Perspective on the Fan. Courtesy of our sister station, WBNS 10 TV, here's Tracy Townsend. From her Sunday morning public affairs program, Face the State, A new edition can be seen this morning at 1130 on 10 TV.
2: in Ohio officially starts here from the business owners who hope to cash in from the change. Another change in the new year. Minimum wage is going up. Why advocates say it's not enough. And we talk one on one with Governor Mike DeWine about his plans for the new year and his new term. Thank you so much for joining us here on Face the State. I'm Tracy Townsend. Happy New Year. We do want to take a few minutes this morning to look back at 2022. It was a year of controversial changes in Ohio. Just months into 2022, a controversial gun bill divided the state. In the end, the governor signed constitutional carry into law.
3: Today starts a major change for gun ownership in our state. Ohio will join nearly two dozen other states in allowing
4: people to carry concealed firearms without a license. Really, you going to sign this into law. When I got the call, I was just overwhelmed. Gun owners are responsible. And so now we have another chance to prove that we're responsible as well. The gun control
2: debate spilled into Ohio classrooms. Ohio is tackling the issue of school shootings with a controversial new law. Governor Mike DeWine says he will allow districts to arm teachers and staff.
5: This is permissible. There might only be one. There might be five. There might be ten school districts to do this. There might be a lot more. But your school district doesn't have to do this. We're not saying that a teacher has to carry a gun. Nobody's
1: saying that.
5: It may be that the police and F- FOP and some folks officially say we don't like this. Um, but I think there's a real disagreement. And so I, I think the answer is there There can be people who are capable of protecting children in this crisis situation. But we feel that this is the most comprehensive approach to take in order to maximize the security for everyone involved with in our school district.
2: Controversial school issues didn't stop there. The State Board of Education also approved a measure yesterday that involves students who identify as LGBTQ+, also Title IX. This measure says sports teams should be based on biological sex, not gender identity. That approval came after days and days of passionate public testimony. I beg you, please, please vote no to these anti-trans resolutions.
1: It means everything to me, my husband, and my three children. We just want
4: to be left alone to live our lives, but you stole that from us. Ah!
2: took to the streets in Columbus and across the country after the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. For Ohio, that meant a strict ban went into effect. The
5: focus now shifts from those so-called trigger laws to the so-called heartbeat law that was signed by Governor Mike DeWine in 2019. This morning, Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost signed this motion to essentially start enforcing that. It
2: hasn't been enforced since it was signed in 2019 because of a federal judge's order. But the ban did not last. The judge has decided to permanently block our state's near total ban on abortion. This case started as a temporary hold on Ohio's heartbeat
6: law, which was challenged by the ACLU.
2: Ohio also hit the national spotlight during the January 6th hearings. Stephen Ayers of Ohio, who pleaded guilty to disorderly conduct at the Capitol, testified. He talked about what motivated him to go to Washington, D.C. that day.
1: Basically, uh, you know, the president got everybody riled up told everybody head on down so we basically
7: just following what he said
2: the november election of 2022 will be one to remember the tight u.s senate race taking center stage jd vance is now one of ohio's two u.s senators i
8: will never forget where i came from and i will never forget the great people of ohio thank you for this honor to serve you i'll fight for you
1: every day It's a historic day for the Buckeye State and a crucial moment of investment into the future of Ohio and America. History being made in our state as Intel breaks ground right here in Lincoln County.
2: The future of the chip industry is going to be made in America. Intel put Ohio on the map in 2022. President Biden visiting for the official groundbreaking. It will still be years before the plants are complete and workers start making semiconductors. While COVID-19 still spread in our state, other viruses took over the headlines.
1: The Ohio Department of Health believes monkeypox has made its way right here to our state. Ohio
2: has at least one case of the measles. The state's top dot confirmed it yesterday. The return of measles leading to a push for protection. I'm really concerned about those who are unvaccinated. And concerns being shared by entities, including the World Health Organization and the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, with warnings in the Journal of the American Medical Association, JAMA, that substantial progress toward eliminating measles worldwide was really set back during the COVID-19 pandemic. Experts say the setback put millions of children at risk for that highly contagious disease. And they also remind us that measles is transmissible so much so that it's necessary to have between 89 to 94 percent vaccine vaccination coverage to achieve herd immunity. All right, let's now take a look at 2023 to find out which moves to watch for at the State House. We talked with Professor Herb Asher with the Ohio State University Department of Political Science and also Terry Casey, a Republican strategist. Both say the budget process is number one. The decisions made will impact each and every one of us. Terry Casey.
9: The biggest news at the State House is the fact that we're getting ready to enter the budget cycle, which is a big portion of their work with an 80 or 90 billion dollar budget. But the good news for Ohio is that they're AAA bond rated. The rainy day fund is full and taken care of, and the state of Ohio still has some good chunks, as a lot of local governments do, of COVID money to be spending. So the good news is there's money there as opposed to the alternative of cutting and cutting and cutting. Uh, But figuring out how to put that budget together is a major challenge because there's so many different things that state government does whether it's elementary, uh, high school, education, colleges, uh, uh, Medicaid, uh, health care, uh, highways, roads, uh, et cetera. Professor Herb Asher.
10: Watch the budget process and what kinds of things get put into the budget. You know, it's one thing to provide for appropriations for uh, state programs and policies. What other kind of language might be put into the budget that might restrict or change things? So, uh, you know, uh, what will they be doing with respect to the funding of primary and secondary education? And uh, what will this conservative legislature do in terms of, let's say, expanding funding for charter schools?
2: And there are major issues they say you should be watching to develop here at home in our state and out of Washington, D.C. this year.
10: Let's look at what they do with respect to guns, and let's see what they do with respect to abortion, and let's see what they do with respect to uh, gays, and let's see what they do with respect to uh, trans children and trans students and all of that. And I'll put those all together because it's probably the case that uh, there'll be a number of members of the Ohio House who will be looking to... uh, you know, uh, impose their own values on the on these issues, and uh, and they may have the votes to do that. I think another issue to be looking at is what's done with respect to voting reform.
9: There's always issues, and some of them are unpredictable. I mean, one of the little issues that Congress is going to have to deal with is this thing called cryptocurrency and Bitcoin because it's kind of been operating. Unregulated, and nobody's been watching it, and nobody's minding the store. But yet, it looks like a lot of people are going to lose billions of dollars, and somewhat what triggered the 08 financial crisis could be something that Bitcoin and or some other fiscal things fall apart. They're going to say, was Congress paying attention? Did we have proper regulations to protect consumers and make sure that people aren't stealing money or misusing it? So there's a lot of issues that will come up, some of them we don't know about. And of course, in the international area, the Ukraine and what happens in Europe, because they've got a huge energy crisis there as they go into the winter. Uh, with a lot of Russian oil and gas cut off or reduced. So there's big international issues, including China, but a lot of it, it's helpful to the old phrase, follow the money, because money and finances, Congress can pass acts, but they can't override the rules of economics and the rules of physics.
2: 10TV's Kevin Landers talked with Governor Mike DeWine one-on-one about several of those issues. Here's what DeWine says are his top priorities in the new year.
8: Governor Mike DeWine says his last term in office will focus on three main issues. What do you think your single most...
5: Important mission will be in the next four years for Ohioans. I think we continue to focus on jobs, we continue to focus on education and mental health.
8: Ohio is spending $85 million to encourage people to stay in the field of mental health. Governor DeWine admits one of the biggest issues facing the profession involves paying health professionals what they're worth. Are you going to go after insurance companies to?
5: pressure them to uphold the parity law? We're going to do everything we can to enforce the parity law in the state of Ohio. Uh, the way it works is the majority of these policies do not come under the jurisdiction of the state of Ohio. But in those cases where they do, we're going to continue to do everything that, that we can.
8: Governor DeWine has expressed concerns about violent crime in the state. I asked him about Columbus's attempt to pass strict gun laws as the state attempts to stop them. This is a city
5: saying, here's a solution. And the state's saying, no, you can't do that. People are wondering, look, courts are going to decide that. And again, what is different about th- that is that we have a Second Amendment. The courts will tell us ultimately whether or not uh, you know Columbus is right or whether the state of Ohio is right. The next topic
8: we discussed was abortion. I asked him if he supports exceptions. Governor DeWine didn't say he would, but didn't say he wouldn't.
5: As the legislature considers what to put in this abortion bill, it's very important. We try to save as many lives as we can, but at this and at the same time, we have something that's sustainable and that does not get overridden when it goes on on the ballot. That balance has, has to be achieved, and I hope it can be achieved in a civil way where we don't tear the state apart.
8: And when it comes to the death penalty, DeWine says it remains off the table, citing threats by drug companies who don't want the state using medicines to take people's lives.
5: There's been no executions uh, since I became governor. I don't anticipate we will see any uh, executions as long as I'm governor of the state. Kevin Landers, 10TV News.
2: And you can see more of Kevin's one-on-one with Governor DeWine by going to the Face the State tab at 10TV.com. All right, it's being called a game changer. Sports betting is legal in Ohio right now. We'll take a look at how the mom and pop shops and the big businesses are planning to cash in.
0: Columbus Perspective is a public affairs presentation of WBNS Radio. The opinions expressed on this program are those of its guests and do not necessarily reflect those of WBNS Radio, its staff, management, or sponsors.
8: Thanks for listening.
4: It might be hard to imagine, but there's a place where you can find a restaurant on every corner. A place where you can eat like a king for as little as a dollar. It might be hard to imagine, but this is the same place where the school lunches aren't just delicious, they're themed, with palate pleasers like mozzarella stick Mondays, taco Tuesdays, and French Fridays. Heck, even pizza counts as a vegetable here. This is a place where the fast food just keeps getting faster. You can even order delivery right from your video game console. And how's the food, you ask? Well, it is to die for. Don't believe us? Just ask the friends and family of the 300,000 who did last year. Welcome to the state of America. Welcome to Obesity USA. Population 115 million and getting bigger by the day. To learn more, go to visitobesity.org. That's visit obecit Brought to you by the Pennington Biomedical Research Foundation.
0: This is Columbus Perspective on the Fan. Back to Tracy Townsend, courtesy of 10TV.
2: Welcome back. Right now, sports gambling is legal across Ohio. It is a major game changer for the industry. Bars, casinos, and sporting events getting ready for an influx of customers. Scioto Downs, for example, is one of many local spots accepting sports wagers. There are safeguards in place to make sure people who are betting are legally able to do that. The app itself, in order to ensure that a guest is 21, there's a lengthy process
7: that you have to fill out. Um, in order to download the app, you have to provide a copy of your driver's license. So there are some safe ways in place um, to prevent minors from going and gambling. And that's no exception at the property.
2: Scioto Downs not alone in joining in on all of the sports betting. 10TV's Clay Gordon looked into just how many businesses applied to get a license and how sports reporting may now look and sound little different we're bringing
3: the most places to bed in ohio coming to ohio we've seen the commercials the sports books are ready, and so are the bars. It, it looks like an ATM. Varsity Club's kiosk will be installed near the front door in mid-January. Tell me about the foot traffic here on a typical game weekend. What's it looking like?
9: Well, you can imagine when you have 100,000 people uh, across the street that we'll get thousands of people coming
3: through here. Do you think people will stay at the booth and use the phone, or do you think they'll walk up?
9: I think it's, it's kind of like a relic or a, a nostalgia to, to get a ticket. The individual will go up, put money in the kiosk, place their bet, get a ticket, and then if they win, they'll cash the ticket in at the bar. The Ohio Lottery is in charge of approving sports gaming
3: hosts. So far, they've approved nearly 1,500 sites across the state. You will be able to place a bet at bars, sporting events, casinos, and even grocery stores in some areas. And your viewing and listening experience will be different.
6: Well, what we haven't been doing before is actually aligning ourselves with a sports book because legally we couldn't do it. Now
3: we can. 10 TV's radio partner, ninety-seven-one, The Fan, is incorporating spreads into each
6: show. I think people want us to do their homework for them. So every show on The Fan will be affiliated with a different sports book that will be touting... What they offer, their different parlays, their different boosts, what the odds are on this
3: gambling site. How much of a cut do you guys get versus how much does the state get?
9: Um, the state gets most of it, uh, just like the lottery. Uh, it's better than the lottery, which is good. But um, you know, it's a small percentage. But uh, again, I think it'll it'll add to the, to the experience.
3: A new experience in the new year. In Columbus, Clay Gordon, 10 TV News.
2: All right. Where will sports gambling revenue go? According to House Bill 29, tens of millions of dollars are expected to be raised. Ohio's Department of Taxation says 98 percent of the net revenue will go to funding for interscholastic athletics, other extracurricular activities for children and problem gambling resources. And not everyone is excited about this expansion of sports betting. The Problem Gambling Network of Ohio says people need to mitigate the risks of a Addiction. there's a statewide campaign in place to do just that
1: we know that in ohio when there's more opportunities to gamble more ohioans will gamble and more ohioans will then develop problems so we have really strong data that support that, and it's also consistent with what we've seen from other states so recognizing that that Um, If you expand access to something, um, more people will play and more people have problems, then it's equally um, important to have those protections in place to help mitigate some of those challenges. So one of those pieces is our statewide campaign, If You Gamble, Get Set Before You Bet, uh, which provides tips and resources for those that are early to gambling or may have started to really assess their relationship with gambling and make sure that all those pieces are in place. And how do you know if you have a problem? Here are some warning signs. The first tip is just really uh, assessing whether or not it's still fun and if you're gambling and gambling and you're realizing gosh this isn't really fun anymore i just can't seem to stop that's a a big sign also really being mindful of what those loved ones are saying uh, because a lot of times the the gambler themselves may not recognize that they're having a problem and that's where that's so important for those loved ones to intervene so paying attention to um, being really preoccupied with gambling that seems to be the only thing they talk about the only thing that they do can be another tip
2: And if you or a loved one has a gambling problem or any of those signs you just heard, call the hotline 1-800-589- nine nine six six another change is kicking in statewide minimum wage now a little higher it's up 80 cents an hour to ten dollars ten cents an hour for tipped workers minimum wage is now five dollars and five cents an hour this is to adjust for inflation those with policy matters ohio say while this isn't the fifteen dollar an hour wage that they'd like to see it is a step in the right direction
5: this is going to help ohioans of all backgrounds Uh, 289,000 women and 179,000 men will benefit from this policy. Uh, Workers who are black, white, Latino, um, Asian, and and other races will all benefit. This is something that disproportionately helps workers who are the most marginalized and and have the lowest wages right now. So it's a really important step. This really reflects the wisdom of Ohio voters. Back in 2006, they voted— to uh, pass this index when they raised Ohio's minimum wage. So we need a higher wage, but this is a really important uh, safeguard that protects folks from losing that buying power due to high inflation this
2: year. Congresswoman Joyce Beatty is ready for another term. Here's the tribute she paid to her late husband during her swearing-in ceremony.
3: People who use payment apps like Venmo or PayPal and earned more than $600 in income last year were supposed to start receiving 1099K forms this month. Brandon Lewis with our Verify team has the details on whether that's changed.
11: The IRS requires people to report all taxable income over $600 when filing their taxes, regardless of how they receive the money. And these days, a lot of people use payment apps like Venmo or PayPal to be paid for the goods or services they provide. Under a new rule, if someone earned more than $600 on a payment app, the app would send both the person and the IRS a 1099-K form reporting the income, but personal expenses like a friend reimbursing you are not included. This was an attempt to stop people from underreporting taxable income, but it left some app users confused over whether the transactions would cause them to receive a 1099-K form and what they'd have to report to the IRS. One viral tweet claims that the IRS has now delayed the requirement. So, let's verify. Did the IRS delay the $600 reporting rule for payment apps? Our sources are the IRS and PayPal. We can verify that, yes, the rule is delayed. On December 23rd, the IRS announced the delay, acknowledging taxpayer confusion and Added it wanted to, quote, provide more time for taxpayers to prepare and understand the new reporting requirements. Previously, payment apps would only send a 1099K form to users who either earned more than $20,000 or made more than 200 transactions in a calendar year. On its website, PayPal notes some states have their own lower reporting threshold, so anyone meeting the requirements in those states will still receive a 1099K form. With your Verify, I'm Brandon Lewis.
1: When kids need medical care, they will often face stressful and life-changing experiences. They miss out on the things that make being a kid fun. Starlight Children's Foundation has delivered happiness to 17 million seriously ill kids and their families at more than 800 children's hospitals and healthcare facilities. Our
4: programs entertain and inspire hospitalized kids. Learn more at starlight.org. That's starlight.org.
1: Need to visit the Ohio BMV? Go online first. It could save you a trip. It's now easier and more convenient than ever to get what you need from the BMV online. Need to renew your driver's license? Renew online. And if you need to renew your vehicle registration, visit one of our new BMV Express kiosks or go online. If you do need to visit a BMV agency, use the Get In Line online
0: tool, also found on the website, to save your spot and minimize your time waiting. For more services available online, check out bmv.ohio.gov. This is Columbus Perspective on the Fan. Back to Tracy Townsend, courtesy of 10TV.
6: The duties of the office. The duties
2: of the office. On which I am about to enter. On which I am about to enter. So help me God. So help me God. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. Ohio Congresswoman Joyce Beatty was sworn in for her sixth term in the U.S. House of Representatives. She was sworn in next to her grandchildren. Beatty is the voice for the 3rd Congressional District of Ohio. At the ceremony, the Congresswoman took time to honor her late husband. You never get over it, but you get through it. You get through it because I grew up in a family of love and faith and fearlessness. So I stand here today and say thank you, Otto Beatty Jr. And thank you to my grandbabies, Beatty Legacies, Beatty Blunt Legacies. The Congresswoman says she's ready to get back to advancing the power of diversity and inclusion in our state. The Ohio History Connection put on several events to celebrate Kwanzaa. If you're not familiar, Kwanzaa is a seven-day celebration of African culture observed every year from December 26th through January 1st. Unlike many other winter holidays, Kwanzaa isn't tied to any single religion. It's meant to include people of all religions, so if you observe Christmas or Hanukkah, you can also celebrate Kwanzaa. Each of the seven days of Kwanzaa is associated with a principle. Starting with Umoja, Chagalia, Self-Determined Nation, Ujima, which is Collective Work and Responsibility, Ujima, which is Cooperative Economics, Nia, uh, Purpose, Purpose. Kuumba, Creativity, Making Things Better Than What We Founded, and lastly, Imani, faith Faith in Our Community. We again wish you a happy new year, and thank you for joining us here today.
0: That's again Tracy Townsend, courtesy of our sister station, WBNS 10-TV. From their Sunday morning public affairs program, Face the State, a new edition can be seen this morning at 1130 on 10-TV. This is Columbus Perspective on the Fan. This week, Governor Mike DeWine signed a bill that makes texting while driving a primary offense, meaning police can pull you over specifically for that activity. If your car is moving, the only time that the driver can hold a phone is if it's to their ear while talking on it. Holding it to text or browse the Internet while moving puts you at risk of being pulled over by an officer. It will still be legal to text while stopped at a traffic light. We're presenting about 10 or 11 minutes of that news conference, starting with Governor Mike DeWine. We'll also hear from 10TV sports anchor Dom Taberi, whose daughter, Maria, was killed in a distracted driving accident nine years ago. And we'll hear from Ohio State Highway Patrol Superintendent Colonel Charles Jones. We'll start with Governor Mike DeWine. His segment runs about four minutes.
5: Last year... uh... I asked the State Legislature in my State of the State speech uh, to pass Distracted drive I told some of the members of the General Assembly uh, that probably at no time in their career uh, would they have the opportunity to vote on a bill, pass a bill, where it was so certain that their vote in favor of a bill would save many, many, many lives. So by my signature today, uh, we will begin to change the culture. We will save many lives. No one will ever know whose lives are saved. But we know with the signature on this bill today that many families will be spared the horror and tragedy of having a call, a visit. the highway patrol or the police to tell them that their child, their mom, their dad, their spouse is dead. So I thank the legislature very, very much uh, for for this bill. Just a little data. Between 2013 through 2021, traffic fatalities in Ohio steadily went up nearly every single year. In 2021, 1,355 people were killed, the highest number of traffic deaths since 2002. Last year's traffic fatality data uh, is still preliminary, but we know that at least 1,269 people died in car crashes. Now we know that not every single accident is caused, of course, by distracted driving. But it's certainly no coincidence. That evolving smartphone technology has coincided with increasing roadway roadway deaths and serious injuries. That's no accident. It's no coincidence. Quite simply, distracted driving is just as dangerous as drunk driving is. And we need to treat it that way. One fatal crash last year involved a driver who slammed into the back of a semi on US U.S. 35 in Ross County. Tragically, there was no evidence that the driver tried to break to avoid impact, but troopers did find his phone in the front seat with a video, with a video still playing. Tragedies like this are entirely preventable, and we believe that Senate Bill 288 will, without a doubt, prevent distracted driving crashes and will save lives. With some exceptions, this bill essentially bans drivers from using and even holding a cell phone or other electronic communication device while their vehicle is in motion. In most circumstances, law enforcement will now be able to immediately stop any driver seen manipulating a device instead of focusing on the road. Before this bill, our police, our law enforcement, could not pull over a distracted driver until they committed an additional traffic violation, such as running a red light, or crashing into another innocent driver. Senate Bill 288 gives our law enforcement officers the ability to proactively prevent crashes like this from happening, and I applaud the legislature for bringing this bill to my desk today. Again, to be clear, this bill is about a lot more than pulling people over and handing out tickets. It's about changing the culture around distracted driving, and normalizing the fact that distracted driving is just as unacceptable and just as dangerous as drunk driving. This legislation is about making the act of putting down your phone just as ingrained as putting on your seatbelt. It's about ensuring that more people make it home to their families uh, at the end of the day, and that really is what it's all
0: about. That's Governor Mike DeWine this week announcing that he had signed the distracted driving bill. 10-TV anchor Dom Tiberi also spoke at this news conference. Dom spoke for about three and a half minutes.
6: Good morning. Uh, I am Dom Tiberi. Uh, for 41 years, I've done the sports at WBNS 10-TV, but this morning I am here as Maria's dad. Maria was my 21-year-old daughter, my wife Terry and I's daughter, and she was killed in a uh, distracted driving uh, accident in 2013. Uh, I want to thank the governor and Lieutenant Governor Husted for allowing me to be here. I want to thank the legislators for getting behind this. Uh, In sports terms, this is a victory. This is a win for the state of Ohio. My prayer is that this will save lives. I believe it will. Every state that has enacted this type of legislation has seen a dramatic decrease in car crashes and deaths. You know, we'll rattle off statistics to you, but I want you all to remember one thing. Every statistic has a family. Every statistic has a mom and dad, a brother and a sister, grandparents that are missing that person. This is personal for me. It has become a mission. Um, We need to change the culture. I agree 100% with the governor. It is so easy To tell you what distracted driving is, it's anything that takes your hands, eyes, or mind off your driving. It is texting and driving. It is using electronic devices. It is eating. It is everything that takes your mind. It's it's drinking alcohol. It's driving while under the influence of drugs. All those things are distracted driving. You can ask the colonel, he'll tell you it's underreported. I would argue that 80% of the crashes, maybe even higher, are due to some kind of distraction, and we need to end this madness. We are losing our youngest and our brightest on the highways. It's the leading killer of our children, and we need to end this madness. It has become a mission for me, and it is about changing the culture. Uh, Maria's message that we started with my 10TV family, we have now presented it 150 times, mainly to high schools, and that will continue. The Maria Taberi Foundation, that was started by my wife, Terry and I, we initially bought 48 driving simulators, state of the art, at $15,000 a piece, and we've placed them around the state of Ohio, primarily with police departments. Of late, we have now opened three driving simulator labs, one at Toll's Career Center, the Eastland Fairfield Career Center, and as we speak, we're setting up a third at the Fort Hayes Career Center. We have made a commitment that uh, we're going to get aggressive and we want to open at least four more in the next year and a half. Those efforts will continue. I tell the kids when I go to speak to them at Maria's message that the most important thing that that they're going to hear from me on this day is that they need to understand their lives matter and that they are loved and that they are important. And I tell them that Maria's message is a message of love and to the state of Ohio, I am here to tell you that we did this out of love. We don't want any other families to go through the nightmare of losing a child. Governor, you know what it's all about. I thank you. God bless everyone, and we're going to make Ohio the best state in the union when it comes to this. We're going to end the madness. Thank you.
0: 10-TV sports anchor Dom Tiberi speaking at this week's signing of the distracted driving bill. As we wrap up the hour, some final comments on that bill from the State Highway Patrol Superintendent, Colonel Charles Jones.
7: Good morning. I'm Colonel Charles Jones, the superintendent of the Ohio State Highway Patrol. I'm honored to be here for this bill signing, which will make distracted driving a primary offense, which is intended to help make Ohio's roads safer. I have served with the Ohio State Highway Patrol for more than 28 years and have personally witnessed... On countless occasions the detrimental effects of distracted driving. We know that every time someone takes their focus off the road, even for just a few seconds, they put their lives and the lives of others in danger. Law enforcement officers see the deadly consequences of distracted driving on a daily basis and the tragedy that's left in its wake. More often than not, These distractions involve the use of electronic devices. I can tell you from personal experience, notifying someone that their loved one is not coming home, is not easy. And there is no amount of training that can be given to law enforcement to have them to make them handle that task. We as troopers take it to heart, our job every day, is to ensure that motorists make it home to their families and that we make it home to ours. Just last year, Ohio lost 1,269 people in traffic crashes because of choices such as not wearing a safety belt, distracted driving, speeding, and impaired driving. With sadness, our troopers often see the tragedy left in the wake of distracted driving. Therefore, it is so meaningful that for our troopers and Ohio's law enforcement officers, this bill provides the ability to conduct a traffic stop of someone who is driving and has a cell phone in their hand while watching a video or a person who is actively texting. It is our hope that through this legislation, we can stop them before they crash, injuring others or themselves. Distracted driving is unsafe and irresponsible. And in a split second, the consequences can be devastating. The tenets of this bill will inevitably change behavior and culture because it provides law enforcement with the authority to take immediate action by pulling over a motorist who is observed engaging in dangerous behavior before a tragedy occurs. Statistics show that primary enforcement of distracted driving laws has shown to decrease fatality rates in states that have implemented This type of legislation. This is precisely why this bill will help achieve our mutual goals of increasing safety on our roads and provide law enforcement officers with the tools to deter and enforce its provisions. More importantly, however, the bill being signed today will undoubtedly enhance and change driving behaviors, saving countless lives on Ohio's roadways. Thank you.
0: Ohio State Highway Patrol Superintendent Colonel Charles Jones. This has been Columbus Perspective, a weekly public affairs presentation to The Fan, heard each Sunday morning at 6 on WBNS-AM, that's 1460 ESPN Columbus, and Sunday morning at 7 on WBNS-FM. Sports Radio 97.1 The Fan. Join us again next Sunday for Columbus Perspective.